do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Bozo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to the wrap-up of the Region Mind series, where Emma joins us one more time to share about her motivation for this series, her lessons learned, the themes that emerged, and of course, her surprises. Thanks, Kuhn. It's great to be back, and this time in the hosting seat. Through six rich conversations with a range of guests, we're exploring the role of the mind. What mindset enables people to serve as regenerative leaders for a radically better food system? What are the common threads across these conversations? Well, we're about to find out. We're looking at regeneration from the inside out. This series is supported by our friends at Stray, who are exploring systemic investing with awe and wonder, as well as our friends at Mustard Seed Trust, who are enabling a transition to a care economy that fosters regenerative food systems. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope the conversations crack the door open for you and invite you to explore new ways of thinking and embodiment towards a regenerative tomorrow. Welcome to a very special episode. I say that often, but in this case, it's it's absolutely true. It's a wrap up of the Region Mind series, and we have Emma Chow here with us, and has been uh, absolutely rocking it with six episodes. I mean, we were discussing this previously. We could do another twenty. So if you feel called to help us make those, definitely reach out. But we've uh, scratched the surface on on the Region Mind, and I'm very happy to have Emma here to to share the journey and to share what we've seen learned surprises and and all of that so welcome welcome back emma and welcome back in the sort of host slash interviewee seat instead of the host seat only which you've done for the last six episodes yeah thank you i was about to say it feels like a bit of a relief to be not fully but almost in the in the guest seat and as you were saying before we hit record, it's almost a year ago that the concept and idea for this, really the seed was sown for this series. And it's it's wild to think that now it's all launched and this is our reflection episode. And there's been so much to unpack and I'm sure we'll explore lots of it today. So happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I think a year ago, we, uh, we, we had an open invitation um, with you, you joined us for the 200th episode of, of the podcast where we also did a sort of dual interview. I interviewed you and you interviewed me about the journey until now. And I think after that, we said, okay, if you want to do anything on the podcast, feel free. And then you came back and said, I really want to do a series on the region mind. And then we found some supporters and shout out to Mustard Seed and Stray for making this, this possible. And then the journey, journey started. Like I think just after summer, even in summer, I think you started your first, uh, first episode. So. How was that switch from interviewee to host, first of all, like apart from the technical things, uh, but how was that um, like switching the seats? How, how did that feel? It was easier than I expected, to be honest. I think maybe I was intimidated of a podcast format, which I'd never hosted before, but thankfully I've had enough experience in the panel hosting seat and and do lots of research interviews, which is how I treated this. It's like when it's not live, it almost feels, and it was a research project too. Like we're genuinely exploring what do people characterize the regenerative mind as? And 
all the way through synthesizing that. So it was incredibly diverse too, and, and really cool to look back and start to reflect on what were the patterns that were emerging and the surprising pieces and commonalities and, and just unexpected things that came along. Yeah, it's funny because we sort of treat the podcast as well as, as public research. Of course, it's not live, but we always hardly any, like at, at some point, we never really edit. So it's always the full interview, except for a few as and as and, and an internet connection that goes down. Um, so it's really, yeah, a research calls. It seems one-on-one, -on -one, but then there are 3,000 people listening to it at some point, which you should probably not remind yourself too much about. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a, it's a research call that happens to be recorded. I think those are the best uh, podcast formats in general. Um, and so when you came to us or came back to us, when we, um, with this, this project, what was the motivation or what was your, 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 what was the reason you, you said yes, or you came with, with an idea to the podcast, like I would like to host a series. Um, what, what triggered that? Yeah. Cause there's a couple months in the gap between you giving that invitation of, Hey, if you have an idea, you're welcome to come play host. And I sat with that and I felt like I was trying to force something. I was like, I don't actually have an idea. I'm just going to let it sit. I didn't think about it in an active way. And it feels fitting. I'm only realizing this now. It was like a weekend that I made a retreat for myself. And I was like, okay, 24 hours, completely offline, just like journal, ideate, meditate, do some movement. And it was somewhere, I can't remember the exact moment. It was somewhere there that literally just in meditation, when my thinking mind had gone away, I just had this idea that came through. And very fitting for a series. Up, yeah. Very fitting, right? And I and I Googled and I was just like looking at Rajav Mind, Rajav Mindset, and they're just they're little bits, but there was nothing explicit. And I knew listening to the podcast and being fortunate to be a guest as well. It's like mindset is threaded through all of it, but it hadn't been raised up as explicit. So that was one of the big things. A, just to get, can we get a critical mass within the food system, and especially decision makers and those who are highly influential to even acknowledge that the mind and the mindset plays a significant role? And then B, if it does, what are the qualities of those that we can say have a regenerative mind are already embodying that and our practitioners in food system and regenerative movement. Um, and yeah, see what surfaces and see if we can characterize it. So, so what, what surfaced, what were the main, um, of course we're going to summarize a bit. I hope you all listen to the six episodes. If you haven't, um, scroll back and, and find them. Um, but what, what were yeah the main, uh, like synthesizers from the different episodes were super diverse continents, countries, um, approaches, products, land or not. I mean, it was uh, a wide range. And, and so I imagine it might be tricky to synthesize it at all. But if you had to, what would be, what would be a few, a few nuggets, a few threats you've, you've seen? Well, when I was reflecting on this myself, this, scene or like analogy came came through which is the mind is coming back to soil of course the mind is the soil and the quality of that soil is determining what the outputs what you're going to produce what plants how how the plants can flourish um and storytelling came up and it's like stories are the compost that come and nourish and replenish the soil and allow those plants to grow allow your garden to flourish and in order to do that, 
we need to, and all of we are part of nature. That was a big piece is we're not separate from, we're not above, we can't fix nature and control it. Overgenerative mindset is knowing that we are part of nature. Um, and this piece of interconnectivity came up in basically every conversation. And some people I love these, again, coming back to soil, like thinking about the mycelian networks and when we're carrying over our mindset and embodying that, we can't help but see and think about all of those different intricate pieces that we're connected to and what our impact is and like how we can activate those networks. Um, another piece was going from scarcity and fear to abundance. That was another one that came up in quite a few conversations. And then yeah, very specifically, about, like, Rose mentioned it a yeah, lot. Yeah, she went. We were doubting about a title as well there, but I don't think we put it in. Um, and yeah, yeah, there was a like we cannot we couldn't we wouldn't be able to heal. I think she said. I'm for sure butchering the quote. Um, if there wasn't 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 abundance and and that yes. Yeah. Yeah, the the extent to which we're extracting from nature today as a species, if there wasn't so much abundance in nature, we wouldn't be alive. Which gives us which gives a lot of food for thought because we all have seen uh, to to some extent, maybe some people more or less, the the amount of extraction we do. Imagine the amount of abundance that there could be and there is to sustain it up till now. We're breaking. I mean you see it everywhere, but it's still sort of like it's it's a miracle we're still alive. Mm. Yeah. Which can give us hope. I think that was the thing too, is there's this realistic optimism and hope. Yeah, and it was not a doom and gloom series, every, that's for sure. No, 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 not at all. But still acknowledging the realities, right? And and it's easy to be discouraged, but there's a, such a solid foundation, I think, in in their core, like in that, in their value system, which underpins the mindset and then dictates like what their words and actions and intentions are going to be and that that keeps them centered amidst all the chaos and everything that can be doom and gloom and suck you into it. Yeah, and I find it fascinating as we're in a phase now, I feel in, in the regenerative movement that, I mean, you see farmers going through that transition and we do a farmer's philosophy series and, and really like if you are on a journey, on a regenerative journey as a farmer, your mind has changed. Like there's no way that that can be in the achiever mind only as, as Jesus like to say, like there has, there has to be quite a fundamental change. But as there's so many other people now coming into this space, investors, entrepreneurs, people that are not necessarily running farms or are day to day dealing with trees, animals, and, and sort of forced to change their mind, like there needs to be a discussion, which is exactly this. Like what kind of mindset is needed to be active in the regenerative space? Um, and, and as we're not forcing them to have that mindset because they're farming, like what, what should investors, of course, there are a lot in nature, but in their, in their ivory tower, in their shiny offices and airco controlled, heated, et cetera. Um, and what should entrepreneurs that are maybe a bit more distance from, from the land, like how can they start cultivating their regenerative mind? Like what are places to, apart from listening, what are places to go to? What are places to, to start cultivating that? Because it's fundamental. I think that's the underlying message as well from, like, from this series. We can't escape that. Like there's no way the, the conventional, traditional, whatever mind, how do we want to call it? Like we're going to be successful in regeneration if we don't have a mindset shift. Yeah, it all, it all starts there. And that was, mostly the hypothesis 
Yeah. It starts there or it comes over time? Like if you hit a few walls, so you start thinking and like, uh, I need to change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can go in both directions and I'm sure, you know, some have that tipping point where they go, they hit a roadblock and then they choose a different direction. Um, and others that was interesting hearing people's stories, like what, what provoked their own regenerative mindset shift or was it something innate that they were born with and many people spoke to specific events or um a lot about nature like looking at their childhood and looking back and saying yeah i grew up in nature and then they kind of came back full circle later on they might have gone off the path and worked in a different way a more conventional way and then something tipped them back and I remember one guest sharing about, like, it's not a linear journey. Like you you go from extractive to maybe sustainable and then want to go to, to regenerative, but there's a, a big, and we've done a, a we opened Nexus together uh, a few months ago and you've shown that slide as well. Like there's a big piece there, like a metamorphosis or there's a phase change yeah, yeah. that like, let's not underestimate that. Like what, let's say, what did you learn on that? Or what did you, um, take away from from that piece i would say and that's that piece if, if people haven't listened is uh, know what we're talking about it's it's detailed in a great way by giles hutchins who's behind that amazing diagram i think was in the show notes of that episode um and it's an it can be a very intense period it is unpredictable in terms of how long it can be like for some people it can be overnight you know some event happens and it wakes them up and they think in a different way. They see the world in a different way. And for others, it can be years and it can be this back and forth, almost like a regression because you go back into the achiever, the default mindset, and then it's work, like it's practice to constantly with discipline come back to, oh, what's the regenerative approach to seeing this? And so other, what were other themes we haven't discussed yet, but like themes that came up that, that you felt... And we'll get to the surprises later, but that came up and really came up strongly when you were looking back uh, before before recording this, that really things that popped out, popped up for you. Having increasingly greater capacity to hold and lean into complexity, which of course entails systems thinking, which is essential for systems change. Um, that we don't focus enough on the mind. I asked many of the guests, do you think we focus on it and just to make it really concrete and explicit and they said no it's often just cast over and pushed to the side and and underplayed but actually this is of essential importance and often when I asked you know what are practices or what would you suggest listeners to do it was offering an invitation to do very simple things of going out into nature and it doesn't need to be off to a forest hours away from a city where many listeners I'm sure live, but even connecting with a plant in your house or a tree and like watching it over time. That was something that Jessica Hutchings offered as a practice, like go and visit it every day. Can you do that for a year? And you will see the intelligence of nature. Like you will see how everything's always changing. And you'll also start to see the relationships and you'll see cycles of death and renewal. And that was a pattern that came up in 
many people's stories was somehow having to let go and let a part of them die, an identity, a job, a way of viewing the world um, to create space to allow something else in. And maybe it wasn't always allowing something new in, but the theme of remembering came up a few times too, uh, which I think gives me some hope as well, because it's, it's not something we have to go outside of ourselves to chase after, but actually it's about coming in and distilling the stuff we don't need anymore and remembering. Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. And, and what were big or small surprises you've, you've noticed or seen like going through these six hours, let's say, plus of, of content, of audio, of conversations? What were, were your biggest surprises? So I specifically chose language when we were crafting the description of this and, and all of it to make it what I thought would be as accessible as possible and mindset was language that, at least in my experience, seemed accessible enough, especially for those in corporate or more conventional streams. And I was surprised by how quickly many of the guests challenged the language of mindset and mind, and they jumped to consciousness. And they were saying, it's not it's not the brain. It's not like, yes, that plays a role, but actually what we need to do is to elevate our consciousness. And so I was surprised by how their level of consciousness and how quickly we would pivot or jump up in a way and relate relate to that. Um, Did that make it less accessible, you think? I was worried about it in moments. I mean, I'm curious to hear from listeners because I know that there's people in all aspects of the journey. And I I guess there's a bit of fear in me that consciousness if, especially if you just drop into an episode and you hear that in a couple and you're like, oh, a couple minutes and you're like, oh, what is this? I don't understand it. So I think it's important when we have these discussions, especially when we're talking about because that was something that came up in all of the conversations was um, a lot of these learnings isn't coming through by reading or speaking about something. It's from firsthand experiences. So I think that's where podcasts and things like this can offer a great entry point if it's done well. And as you know, I'm a big believer in the power of firsthand experiential learning. Um, and other surprises, I think would just be, I mean, this is a really good one, the positive receptivity. Because, I mean, of course, this is the first time hosting a podcast of this nature. So I didn't know if people would be into it, if they'd be willing to dedicate their time to talk about something like the mind. Um, and everyone was super enthusiastic to the point that, as you mentioned in the beginning, we have a overflow of potential guests, which I think is a really great issue to have. It's not an abundance. issue at all. Um, abundance. Yeah. And, and just even like, thank you to any listeners who've commented on posts on LinkedIn or sent messages because you never know 
when you're recording these behind the screen, how it's going to land. Um, and at points I was quite nervous about things or where a conversation was headed. And, and I think I was surprised by how positive um, and I guess valuable. It's not like about just, oh, this is great. It's like, oh, I actually got something from this. And people have said they're going to use this at the start of a workshop or like as a pre-exercise for something to prime people. Um, so yeah, I think that's just relating to our hope of creating some tangible impact in the world as a result. Yeah, definitely let us know, listeners, if, I mean, we always like to hear or uh, any feedback, constructive feedback, um, but also if this has meant something to you, if something has changed, if, if whatever um, feedback experiences, um, stories to share, please, please reach out and easiest ways through the website. Uh, or answer on LinkedIn or send, send a message somewhere on, on any of the social media, because we always like to hear that in general. And, and I mean, from the podcast side, we're of course very happy that people are listening and, and it's a new voice, which is, um, was, which was scary and to, to put that on, not because I really like my own voice, but we've until now only had me asking questions and, and being able to shift that and it creates honestly opportunity and freedom. And, and ways to think differently about this platform as well for us, which is, which is really, which is really nice, but it was an experiment. And I mean, you all listeners have listened, which is great and are still listening to the episode, which is amazing. Um, so definitely let us know what you thought, felt, what has, has something shifted? Were you on a long walk somewhere when you listen to this or absolutely not? And uh, that could also be the case. Um, always happy to hear where people are listening and what, uh, what the content or the audio and the stories has has done. And then for people that want to, or do you have other surprises? Sorry. I, I, I was just, something just came to me. I was also suggest with a topic of this nature, play around with re-listening to it in six or 12 months time. Because when we're talking about the mind or consciousness, like a lot of the stuff, maybe you've never heard, Giles Hutchins speaks about like the field. And I made him define what that means. Cause I'm sure for many people, it's like, what? I, I know a grass field, but what do you mean in the field? And maybe that washes over you. And that's not much something that you're meant to receive right now. That's not valuable to you. But maybe in your evolution, a year, two years time, it might hit. So you might want to experiment. I've, I've done it before. And I find that I learn something new, like something sinks in and metabolizes in a different way. And it clicks something later on. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Like rereading a book or re revisiting pieces. You will take something else out of it probably in yeah six months, a year, two years time. And uh, what I found fascinating, how many times guests mentioned science, like the cutting edge brain science now says, da, 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 like the cutting, like constantly that sentence came up uh, again and again. Now it's says by science, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which I think shows how much we don't know yet as well and how much we're, we're looking like in, in actually the functioning of the brain and what it's able to do, the connection to the rest of the body, your gut, the connection to the rest of the world around you, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was mentioned quite a few times. Um, yeah, what we, we now know, we already knew it, but now, now it's confirmed in a peer reviewed paper. So now it's real. Um, and so that was yes, quite, quite interesting. Growing credibility. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think it, I liked how it was mentioned in a couple conversations. I know for sure Cal Rose um, and just catching us around the intuitive knowing and putting that on par with the scientific knowing because our scientific studies can only scratch the surface 
on actually, you know, scientifically proving certain things that deep down we can know or we do know at an intuitive basis. And I'm sure science will only continue to catch up in in that way. Yeah, which I think there's a, a nice like connection there to the soil where I think many farmers feel and, and we've seen that with cutting edge scientists like Jonathan Lodgen and others are saying yeah, the, the most cutting edge science is happening on farms now. And we as scientists have to, to go there and catch up with that because it's not happening in a lab. It's definitely not happening on farms of universities. It's happening at the edges of, of space, which are these farmers that are doing things that we don't think can actually be done, but we're seeing it. So we have to research it instead of the other way around. And, and also here it feels like, yeah, the science is trying to explain something that people have already seen and explained maybe in different languages uh, or in different ways mm-hmm. and different stories for, for a long time in many cases. And I think that, again, that growing scientific basis of credibility, which many people do need to satisfy yeah, the rational mind, which is so overly activated at the moment, right? So every person in a leadership position, at least that I've interacted with, their first question is like, give me the numbers, give me the proof. Um, and that I think for me to come forward and even develop this concept with you and bring it to the world, the Conscious Food Systems Alliance, backed by the UN, was a big, you know, it was in our <laughs> concept document. Yeah. And I'm so happy they could come to speak as well and speak a bit about the origins, because it's like to have an organization like the UN, which has to have science that leading on, which has to have credibility if they're going to create something that their name is behind um, and for them to be doing the work that they're doing. And it's only in such early emergent stages too. Um, it just felt like the right time to bring this topic forward. Yeah, absolutely. And in that interview, I think they were also like a bit surprised the UN would be back something like that. And then at the same time, I think all the organizations that are working on on this in this area, we're very happy to finally have a place to sort of like, okay, ah, finally we can talk about consciousness and finally we can talk about that connection to food, land and everything. And so that felt perfect timing. And then, yeah, this was, uh, I mean, somehow with, with this podcast, we've been really good at timing, um, catching the, the regen wave in general and, and just, um, yeah catching it further and further, let's say, and it's only been growing. It still feels like we're absolutely at the beginning, even though it's very different than seven or 14 years ago when I started looking at it. Um, it, it still feels very, very, very small uh, when you, when you compare it to the big outside world, but we're, we're, we're making progress. And so where should people go that want to learn more? We got the same question at, at, at Nexus, actually, where, 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 where do you point people apart from the interview series, but let's say that people have listened to that or, or are not into podcasts, um, where should people go to, to explore further, to, to dive deeper, to, uh, to fall down a rabbit hole or two? Well, I would say for sure, double click on the guests in the episodes because many of them, including Calla Rose, she has her own podcast, which is very educational. Giles Hutchins has incredible resources that I'm constantly tapping into and they're endless. He's constantly writing. So I would start there, especially if you feel drawn, like follow your intuition because there's so many directions you can go. And so just use that as a practice. You know, it's like, don't follow the reason, just follow your gut and your intuition. If you like a guest, like double click on their links, see if they've got resources, see who they resource, go to them. And I think from a like 
literature side of things, videos, learning, content, that's a great path. And at the same time, make sure you don't forget about the embodiment because that's it's one thing to think something, to think in a regenerative way. It's one thing to speak in a regenerative way, read regenerative pieces, but it's another piece to behave in that way and to show up in that way. And that is often a gap that is, I know I'm constantly practicing and stumbling around and falling and picking myself up again every, every day. Um, so see what practices and you can start really small. You can start really small. Like just again, what we come back to the achiever mindset and starting to notice what are your patterns that are more extractive of yourself, of your own energy, of nature and the resources that we're in relationship with, um, the people around you, like start to expand your understanding of what a regenerative mind and regenerative way of life existence is in your own life. And then if you're fortunate enough to work in a business that has some role in food and agriculture, like pick one project. How do you start to bring that kind of mindset to it? Um, and I, I've found Carol Sanford's work quite helpful, again, as a starting point on like regenerative business. There's the regenerators cohort. That's actually, I'm not sure when their deadline to apply, but you can always look for future years. And that's a year long journey with Laura Storm. And that's all about regenerative leadership. Um, and if you're really in the finance side of things, I think they, they bring in some of the embodiment too, is the um, Capital Institute's regenerative economics course as well. Those are my initial thoughts. There's so many directions. Yeah. And I think the, the first sentence there you mentioned is, is fundamental. Follow, follow the thread that pulls most and, and just keep pulling and keep following it. And yeah, follow the energy because there's so many angles and we all have a role to play and we can't, none of us can be everything. So it's like in this big system, this big web that we're part of and weaving, what little piece that actually becomes a lot when we put it all together, do we play and focus on? So yeah, follow, follow the energy and let go of the shoulds. If you have a tendency of like, I should do that course. I should speak to that person. Stop yourself, pause, take a breath, come out of scarcity, fight or flight mode. And so who do I actually want to engage with? What do I want to read? What is, what is nourishing me and, and giving me more energy that's taking. I think that's a perfect way to, to wrap it up and thank everybody for, for coming on, first of all, on, on the podcast as interviewee and, and of course for everybody listening to this one and all the others, uh, or if you listened only to two seconds of one of the episodes, uh, I hope it meant something to you. I hope it helped you to move, um, to move forward, to move deeper, to move backwards, whatever um, fitted at that time. And of course, I want to thank you, Emma, for uh, hosting here with us and taking the hosting uh, microphone and seat in our virtual studio. Unfortunately, no fancy studio yet, but it will come at some point. Um, but in our virtual studio to take the mic and, and be the first other voice on, on this podcast and doing that amazingly well. So thank you so much for, for doing that and coming here to share about the, about the journey. Well, thank you for taking a risk 
I'm sure it was scary. And I was a little scared. I was like, don't mess this up. Um, so I'm glad so far, so good. And and yeah, I'm curious to keep hearing, receiving people's thoughts, feedbacks, what clicked for them, what they still have questions about. And who knows what's to emerge in the future on this topic, but I'm glad we could do this and for the support that we've had along the way. So thank yeah, you. I've heard stories about maybe we should do a book and maybe some, there, there, there are some ideas left and right. So let's see, this, this probably is not the end of, uh, of this journey specifically, but for now we've done six episodes and a wrap up. And so we will wrap it up here and, and leave people to go on with their day. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. For the show notes and links we discussed in this episode, check out our website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com forward slash posts. If you like this episode, why not share it with a friend or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts? That really helps. Thanks again and see you next time.